All right. All right. Praise the Lord. Come on in. It's been a little while. Come on in. We're getting excited and we're coming into the auction. Praise God. Praise God. Let's see if we got sound. Let's see if we have sound. We should we should be doing good. Welcome back to the unction, everyone. We know it has been almost three weeks, and we appreciate those of you who were looking. But unfortunately, there were some things that I had to handle here locally and uh, get things in order at, at the ministry here in Charlotte. And thank the Lord we've come through. We're stronger than ever. We're, we're uh, more motivated than ever. And we're just excited to get into today's broadcast. Thank you for being here. Uh, Prophets uh, Quanisha, Crystal Moore, Shalom, blessings. Uh, I just want to say I really appreciate you all being here. And we're going to talk about this topic tonight because anything that happens in the church world, we don't bring a light to it merely just because we want to talk about something. We bring lights to it because we also want to show the church that God still has standards, that the Lord still cares about the quality of his ministry. Sherry McNair, blessings to you. Um, I want to say this. Uh, a lot of times when we see things in the media, it, it's stuff that the Lord has given us the answers for. He's let us know the way out. But unfortunately, we do what we want to do, and we end up in these situations where we have uh, bishops and leaders not doing the right thing. We have these religious leaders. You see the Dalai Lama back there. I'm going to get into his uh, little fun time with that little boy. And I, I just want to say to us, we have to hold up the bloodstained banner. Uh, this is the unction where we give the word of God and we depend on the spirit of God to edify the people of God. This is the unction where we give the word of God and we depend on the spirit of God to edify the people of God. That's what this channel is all about. That's what we're doing here. Brother Porkchop, good to see you. It's been a while. I'm glad that um, everyone's here. Lady May, it's good to see you. Peace to you. Um, I want to say this. There are standards in God's house. There are standards for God's people. And no matter how liberal we try to get and how much we try to get away from the word, if we continue to walk away from the principles of God's word, we're going to keep getting the same results. We're going to keep seeing the same thing. Uh, Francis uh, Bird, good to see you. We're going to keep seeing the same things. That's why, you know, I, I put it like this. I was so jaded about um, Mike Todd and Transformation Church, the the Easter service they had. People were inboxing me and they were calling me and are you going to do one about that? And the funny thing is I already came before God's people a week ahead of time. I went on TikTok a week before that Easter service. I said, listen, they just hired Carl Lentz as an advisor. This is going to combine the tactics, the the organizational structure, and, and the, the marketing of Hillsong with the social savvy and the cultural awareness of Transformation Church. And I literally said a week ahead of time, this is about to be the greatest show on earth. I put up a circus tent on the TikTok and said, this is about to be the greatest show on earth. And I told people this was about to be a show and a production. A week later, I don't, I don't go to Transformation Church. 
I don't know Mike Todd personally. I just have discernment. And I know why people move the way they move. And a week ahead of time, I said it's about to be a big show. A week later, they have a big show. And so when people was telling me, will you make a video on it? I said, yeah, sure. I, I made the video a week ago. I'm a week ahead of the, the rest of the world. I'm not saying that to, to be boastful. Thank, thank you. I have a witness. Hey, absolutely. I have a witness. I did. I, it's not to be boastful or, or to say, you know, like I, I have some kind of, I'm just special. It's just I pay attention because I don't have I don't have a dog in the fight. It don't make me no never mind what nobody think. Whatever the Bible say, that's what I go with. Whatever the words say, that's what I go with. And not only do I have the word, I have the spirit too that leads and guides me into all truth, which is how everyone should go. Good to see a true child of the most high God. Hello, everyone. I, I want to tell you, we got to depend on God and we got to come back to the rock and, and if we come back to the rock, then we'll see the standards of God because, you you know, we have this story out here where um, uh, Bishop Noah Jones has had a child with a singer. Her name is Stacy Francis, I believe. She, he's had a child, and this child, it says, yeah, I'm going to go to that. But in, anyway, this child has been here for 12 years, and it's only been a rumor that it was his child. And instead of this man being a man as, as tall and, and as forceful and as, as strong and as boisterous as he is, he's not a man. He's a 73-year-old boy. And, and it's sad that you have a child out here, and when you see the child uh, becoming friendly to another man to take your place because she needs a father figure, now all of a sudden it's a big problem and you want to be publicly acknowledged as the child's father, allegedly, allegedly. You have to say that. Good evening, daughter of the king. But I want to show you, according to the Bible, that a bishop not no playboy. I want to show you the word of God tonight. I want to show you in the word of God that a bishop is not no playboy. A bishop is not a bachelor, a, a, a 50 and 60 year bachelor. A bishop is a sound minded individual, a sound man of God. Uh, let, me, let me show you the scripture. Let's go to the word of God. Like I said, the unction is the place where we give the word of God and depend on the spirit of God to edify the people of God. We don't just get on here to bring up topics to just gossip. There are plenty of platforms for that. You can go gossip everywhere. But here we want to know what is God saying to the church. So let's go ahead. First Timothy chapter three, one and two. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desire a good work. A bishop must then be blameless. The husband of one wife. Let me come back right here. This is already a disqualifier because if you look at the uh, the the Greek terminology of gyna and, and andros, these words is wife and husband. It also means a man and a woman. Therefore, if you go to the Greek, it says you need to be a one-woman man. You need to be a one-woman man. It's already disqualified from you being a bishop because you're a womanizer. Any bishop looking on this platform who is a womanizer, you're already disqualified from being an overseer in God's house. You're already disqualified. Married with one wife. Thank you, Sherry McNair. One wife. All right? Now, I'm going to say this too. There's a lot of preachers that don't know they have a whole bunch of surrogate wives. Come on here. Come on here. 
It says the Bible is right, somebody wrong. That's right. There are a lot of preachers who got surrogate wives. You got a room full of women. Jump up when you say jump up. Run when you say run. Do when you say do. And these women are all using you as a substitute husband. And you wicked too. It's time to get our hearts right. It's to, if a sister is married, she should not be listening to you above her husband. And if she is unmarried, she should not be doing wife duties for no pastor, no bootleg, raggedy pastor that got women running behind them. The Bible says silly women laden with sin, creeping. The Bible says they creep from house to house. And, and this is the word of God. We need to get this mess out of the church. Don't be doing no wife duties for no bootleg preachers out here. We need to get this thing right. Be, stop being womanizers in God's house. It's, it, daughter of the king said, uh-oh, somebody don't want to hear that part. I had a preacher tell me, he said, you know, my wife is a very spiritual woman, but uh, this sister right here, she knows a lot of practical things. And, you know, she helped me out in the ministry this way, and I really thank God for this sister. Let me tell you something. Be careful with them relationships. Be careful with them, oh, I'm a real help to the pastor. Let me tell you something. You got one help me. Thank God for my wife. I got one help meet. I don't need five and six help meets. Come on. It says uh, they cherry pick the scripture. They don't want to address scriptures that reveal that sin. That's a, all the way right. Lord, I haven't even got in the rest of the verses. But you're already disqualified from being a bishop. Let's get back to it. Husband and one wife. Vigilant. If you come to church and shout every week and that's all y'all got, y'all not watching what's happening in the world around you, you ain't no overseer. Vigilant. Vigilant. Lord Jesus, help me say the word right. Vigilant. <laughs> sober. You celebrating 420, you getting drunk, you getting high, you not sober. Of good behavior. You cussing everybody out, mad all the time, you not a bishop. Given to hospitality. How are you a bishop and don't like people? How are you a bishop and you don't like to have people around? How are you a bishop and you don't care about souls? You have to be hospitable. You ever go to a ministry and you walk in the door and everybody stank, including the pastor they sell? This, this stuff need to get out of the church. You're not no overseer. What does it say? They forgot it's a help meet and not a help meeting. Come on. Come on, brother. But let, let me go to it. Go back to the scripture. It says... Uh, given hospitality, apt to teach. If you are overseeing, you can't break down doctrine. You don't understand hermeneutics. Now, you don't have to have theological terms. I use theological terms because I'm, I'm a studied individual. But you don't have to have uh, hermeneutics and, and, you know, understand ecclesiology, eschatology, eschatology, and theology. and all. You don't have to go into all of that. But at the end of the day, you should know what you know. You should be able to believe what you believe. I'm tired of bishops that can't rub two sentences together. Come on, uh, Zometa Harris, not double-minded. Amen. I'm tired of bishops can't rub two scriptures together. You a chief apostle. Don't know sound doctrine. Don't stand on the word. Don't have the ability to put nobody in that place. You got to be apt to teach. Let's keep going in the scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 3 through 4. Not given to wine. Oh, boy. Oh, buddy. Bishop Noel, you should have been sitting down a long time. You should have been sitting down a long time. Bishop, you be sweating that stuff out of your pores, Noel Jones. You sweat that mess out your pores. The Bible say not giving the wine. You should have been sitting a while ago. 
It says, nor striker, nor greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous. We, Lord, we just went over so much right now. Somebody just said, yeah, double-minded man unstable in all his ways. Then you got, you got these people who like to fight all the time. Everything's an argument. Everything's a fight. You come come around them and they're full of anger and hostility. Angry people can't lead nothing. Angry people can't lead. The Bible says anger rests in the bosom of a fool. Lord have mercy. No, not a striker, not a brawler, not given to wine. You got to be sober out here. It, it says not covetous. One that ruleth well his own house having his children in subjection with all gravity. Oh, Lord, help us tonight. Lord, help us tonight. People who want to rule the house of God, but their kids can do whatever they want to do. See, I'm coming right back. I'm getting tired of this mess. I don't even know how it exists anymore. I don't understand how this even exists in the church anymore. Unruly pastors' kids. Pastors' kids that the deacons got to be scared of their kids and the elders got to be scared of their kids and, and the church members got to walk on eggshells. I don't want to get her mad, you know. She the pastor daughter. Forget the pastor daughter. If the pastor daughter wrong, I got three daughters. If my daughter wrong, tell her you wrong, girl. Now, don't get nasty. Don't get out the way. That is my daughter. But at the end of the day, if your child wrong, they wrong. Stop taking up for your wicked children, your rebellious children, your blasphemous children, your unruly children, your out of control children. Make them respect adults in the house of God. Don't talk about my kids. Come on. Don't talk about my kids. Your kid's wicked. When my son do wrong, he wrong. My son... He, he had a, a, a lapse in his judgment. He's my drummer. But he had a lapse in his judgment where he did something to offend some of the kids in our ministry. And when I found out about it, I walked into my, my parents' den and I laid him on the ground. They thought he was about to come through the floor. Everybody was running upstairs wondering who got killed. I'm not saying that you got to react that way <laughs> all the time. But sometimes, you know, come on, man. You know when your son get to a place where he need heat check. You know it, man. You know when your son get to a place where you're wondering, do, do I have what it take to deal with dad? Oh, yeah, and then we got to let you know something. Come on in here. Don't play with my ministry. My wife, my kids, I don't care who, my parents, I don't care who you are. Don't play with my ministry. I got to serve God till I die. I got to serve God with my life. I'm not going to let my wife. I'm not going to let my children. I'm not going to let my parents. I'm not going to let my siblings or nobody mess up the work that the Lord is trying to do in my life. Because I fear the Lord and I value God's house more than I value, oh, you my kids. So nobody can tell you nothing. The devil is a lie. The devil is a lie. And the Bible says do it with all gravity, the end of verse 4. You got to be serious about this thing. You got to be serious about this thing. Now, uh, verse 5 and 6. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall you take care of the church of God? If Bishop Noel Jones will not be a father to his own daughter, how shall he be a father to the people of God in God's house? 
I'm I'm gonna get back to that because we we all know about that that personality type. I'm gonna get back to that in a minute. I'm just getting through the scripture. The, there are these brothers who who feel a certain kind of way when it comes to women and kids and all that. But I, I'm gonna get to that. But let me make sure I, I read. Not a novice, not a novice. I'm tired of you, uh, 15 year old bishops, you 12 year old apostles. I'm I'm sick of this. Not a novice. You cannot be a newbie. You cannot be a new Christian in your walk with God. You have not gone through trials and tests and storms. You don't know what you're talking about. God can use you at any age. He really can. I started preaching at 18 years old. And oftentimes, I wish I could go back to 18-year-old Ray and say, sit down, young man. Preach your little sermon and sit down because these people ain't paying no more attention to you than the man on the moon. All right, you you did good. You shout the room, the people dance and all that. But sit down because you don't know what it's like yet to deal with some rebellious children. You don't know what it's like yet to deal with uh, spouse issues and problems. You don't know what it's like yet to have to deal with scandal and, and have to deal with uh, restoration and getting people back in their place. You don't know what it's like yet to have people walk away from you and, and, and lose membership and lose. You don't know yet. You're going to find out you got it in you, you got potential, but you don't know what you're talking about yet. So, young man, as nice as you preach, this is just cupcakes and ice cream because you don't really have substance yet. And I'm, I'm tired of these five-year-old chief apostles. Stop with these novice. And, and, and here's the issue. Look, look at what it says. It says, not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. This is why these young boys get out from a covering early because your, two, your, your gift is exploited. These old head preachers don't have no gifts, no anointing, no power in their church. They invite you to run the revival and you feel all this kind of honor and privilege to make them money. And then you get out from under your covering. You get out from uh, under someone who is giving you sound teaching. And you going out here to evangelize and be a prophet and, and go all over the world. And you don't develop no character. You end up with these extra kids. You out here like Karn sleeping with people's wives. You out here like Jamal leaving a baby in every city because you got out from under sound leadership. Well, I don't know if Jamal ever had it. But anyway, people get out from sound leadership too early because you let your gift deceive you. You young people need to stay. You need to stay settled. Be planted like a tree planted by the rivers of water so that you will, you will bring forth fruit in your season. And your leaf will not wither. Your ministry won't turn to slop. That's why there are, there are people now you've become so much of a joke. Nobody serious is dealing with you. You're going to continue to circuit the underbelly of Christianity and preach to all the, the, the silliness and minister to silliness because serious folk don't even want to deal with you at this point. Come on here. Embarrassing the kingdom of God. Bring a reproach to the name of the Lord. God blesses our matter. It's good to see you tonight. It's good to see you. Bring reproach into the name of the Lord because you, you have failed to grow and develop under sound leadership. And, and the other part is that when elders don't know when to release. Um, in fact, I was listening to, um, I was listening to, I think it's Shinnok, 
Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. See, she was under uh, Pastor Chris, and when she was under him, he didn't want to release her. Her gift had matured. It was time. She wrote, God gave her a song that was a blessing to the kingdom. And it was time for her to use her gift and go out and share her gift. But he didn't know when to release. So he got on different programs and he sound real salty. He sound real small. He sound, he sound real infantile. This is a man with a multi-million dollar ministry, international ministry. I don't really know a lot about him personally, but I looked at a, a few of, of his, his sermons and whatnot, and I'm saying this man got all that he had, but he could not release a gift. And now as, as great as he seemed like he was, he looked small because of a spirit of pride, not knowing when to release. So it's, it's a dual thing. You have to know how long to stay, and then as elders, we have to know when to release. So that God can use his people because guess what? The gifts don't belong to us. The gifts belong to God. And he can use them in his kingdom as he sees fit. That's right. Out of the abundance of the heart and mouth speaks. Your jealousy will show up. Lord have mercy. I'm going to go to the last verse. Now it says, moreover for a bishop, daughter of the king, one of my favorite worship songs. Okay. First uh, Timothy 3, 7. Moreover. He must have a good report of them which are without. You know that report is gone, bro. You know that report is gone, but let's, let's go back. He must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into the reproach and snare of the devil. Now you can't lead the way you really need to lead because everybody looking at you side-eyed because you failed to do what you got to do. Now, I've gotten through the verses concerning uh, uh, Bishop Jones. I'm going to get to the Dalai Lama just very briefly at the end of what I got to say. But I want to say I've seen this personality type, and that's why I say he's a 73-year-old boy. I've seen this personality type over and over again. There are some men who are so egotistical that in their mind, after I have you, oh, nobody else will be good enough. Uh, uh, and, and it's uh, exactly how many snares do we have? There, there are some people in their minds. That, there are some men who feel like after I've had you, oh, you ain't ain't nobody else gonna be able to do what I do. After I, you know, what other man can you bring in my child life that can be a, as good a father to her than me? Oh, you will never find another Noel Jones. So. When you see a woman move on, come on, sister, y'all can say amen here. When you see, when that old ex see that you moved on, that ego kick in, and they like, I can't believe she found somebody. I can't believe she moved on. Ain't no way there's another man. And then the young lady, the, the, the baby that's involved, the young baby saying, I need a, come on. Yeah, he just got married. He did, did just get married. But anyway, I'm going to get to that. Then the little baby say, I need a father figure. So uh, Stacy Francis, she she has a, a young man that she's speaking to named Alex or whatnot. And the young lady start to post how she, you know, is fond of Alex and she feels a father figure in him. And he's like, wait a minute. Ain't nobody greater than me. Ain't nobody. And this, this ego that now that you see your kid having some type of relationship with someone else, now it's a problem. Now, all of a sudden, you want to be publicly acknowledged that you're that child's father. 
And, and that's the problem. Didn't you just get married? Yep, if I can't have you, nobody can. That kind of mindset. Didn't you just get married? Aren't you happy where you are? You ain't never cared all these years. It, it, it was never a problem. But now when somebody move on, you think to yourself, this is my reserve over here. Uh-uh, you, you a part of my reserve. You ain't moving on. And, and that's why we got to be careful, ladies. I, once again, this the auction. We going to say some things. We say things that uh, we ain't in church. I'm going to just tell you, like, ladies, don't let these men take your mind. You better know the caliber of man that you're dealing with. Because I, I know once once that man reached down there and hit that cervix, you lose your mind. I mean, it's, it's like your mind just goes on. Sister, don't lose your mind. You better know what you're dealing with. Because these men feel like they own you. They feel like you can't go nowhere. You can't do nothing. They the best thing you ever had and you, you will never replace them. I'm going to tell you right now, sister, you better you better start losing your minds out here. You better know who you're dealing with. Don't allow these men releasing you and you create a child with some monster that feel like, oh, you my reserve. You'll stay in the corner till I'm ready to deal with you. And this 73-year-old boy is having a conversation about some baby mama stuff. Brother, you, you should have been past this in your life. You should have been through this. Let me tell you about Elder Curry, my dad. My dad, he he's a good old down-home, hard-working country boy. So when my dad had a problem with me and he wanted to whoop my behind, he would come in that room and he will simply say, drop those britches. And you know what I had to do? Drop them. I had to, hey, let's deal with it. That's what Doyle Jones did in the wrong way, but he should have done this concerning his problem. He should have said, all right. I got a baby out here. Let me go ahead, drop britches. Let me go ahead and deal with it. Like I said, he, he dropped his britches in the wrong way. But I, I'm talking about dealing with your issues. You need to deal with it. When you got that woman pregnant and you was out there hollering and screaming and talking about sit on me and all this kind of stuff in the pulpit, uh, hollering and sweating all, on the, sweating all that alcohol out your pores, you should have just went ahead and said, listen, everybody, there's this woman over here that I've had a relationship with improperly, and we have a child, and I have to figure out what to do uh, with my ministry and to get myself. Deal with it. Deal with it, brother. Now you up here 73 years old on your second marriage. God have mercy. On your second marriage, and you dealing with baby mama stuff. You silly, and that don't make no sense. Zalmetta, you silly for that. You silly. He don't have all his teeth no more. You silly. <laughs> it's a shame. It's a shame. These are stages we should have been past in our life. Let me tell you something. I'm a person. I've dealt with my issues. I'm not here as his judge and critic. God got that. I'm not here for that. I'm here to tell the church, let's be real, man. I, I've, I've been a man. I've dealt with my issues. Let me tell y'all something. Y'all can be silly if you want to. If he's single and a healthy, normal man, he wants some tail. He wants some tail. And if he's a high producer, he's he's a high producer. He's someone who's always producing in ministry. I'm going to tell you right now, that man wants something to touch. It is what it is. So ain't no need of you following behind these prophets following behind these apostles, following behind these evangelists, thinking they live in something, because they not. They not. Yeah, one out of ten might, might be of the single ones. And maybe five out of ten of the married ones, to be honest. God, they just jacked up too. 
The bottom line is, if they out here, they want a touch. They want a touch. All right? So ain't no need of running behind the nation thinking you got somebody who's living right. Because they not. The only thing is, the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. He'll give a gift. He won't change his mind. He'll let you use it on the day of judgment. He's going to hold you accountable for it. But what you won't have is the anointing that destroy yokes. People will come to your events, scream, holler, waller all over the floor. You'll tell them their phone number. You'll tell them their birth certificate number. You'll tell them what blood type they are. And they'll go right back out of that service into the hotel rooms and rip each other to shreds with their wicked selves. I saw a whole group of boys shouting at the altar, just shouting at the altar together. And I said, now, y'all know what y'all doing. Y'all going to sit me a whole hands and frolic across the altar. You know what y'all doing after this. Because ain't no anointing here to destroy no yokes. Ain't no anointing here to destroy no yokes. These people are yoked up to sin, and they're not going to get free. Come on here. I know what I'm talking about. It's a, a pool of disease in the bishop realm. Absolutely. These are not overseers. These are not people watching for the flock of God. These are people aligning their coffers. That's why I said, when you go to these conferences and these people tell you, oh, yeah, come under my umbrella. I want to be your covering. They're just raising an offering. They're, what they're going to do, they're going to have a convention where all y'all get to preach at each other. All y'all get to grandstand for a couple of days. And then y'all get to give money to the organization. That's it. These bishops ain't nothing. That's why I, I hate to keep advertising for something that I'm still trying to work out. But that's why when I do pull together a, 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 an event, I want to do one that you actually walk out with something and can get something done where you are. And not only am I careful about who my covering is, I'm careful about who I take into my organization. I've had people asking me to train them. I've had ask, people ask me to help them and do different things, but I'm not doing it because I know you're a joker and I know you ain't about nothing and I know that you just want to raise an offering. Lord have mercy. Yeah, I'm an exposer. Absolutely. <laughs> Frolicking at the altar and then going out to get mimosas. Brother, please. I don't have time for this foolishness no more. I, I, I am, I'm trying to make heaven my home. And I want to be right. And I'm speaking as a man. I've done things. at, Like I said, I was a young man in ministry and I grew up in a, a personality cult. So a lot of the things that I went through were because I was caught off guard. But there's a lot of people doing things knowingly. But whether it was knowingly or off guard, I've had problems. I've made mistakes. I've done things wrong. But at the end of the day, I've known how to drop my britches. Like my dad used to say, drop them britches and take that whooping. I've taken my whoopings. I'm more man than Noel Jones. I might not ever be a mega preacher. I might not be a mega evangelist. But brothers, if you listen, if a couple brothers on here and you ever dealt with your issues, you ever dealt with your problems, you ever dealt with your situations, whenever you had to deal with the kid or deal with the baby mama, whatever, and you looked at it in the face and said, listen, the baby mine, I got to take care of it, whatever the case may be, this is what I did, I got to reap what I sow. And if you man up and done what you had to do, you're a bigger man than these bishops. You're a bigger man than these apostles. You're a bigger man than these prophets. You're a bigger man than these preachers. Why? And you women, you're, you're greater than these apostles and prophets. You are greater than these people because you've been able to confront what you need to confront. David said, yep, I did it. It is what it is. I did what I did. Now I got to get it right. 
and he had a baby. He prayed for it for seven days, and the baby died. After the baby died, got up, cleaned itself up, went on about his business, and 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 went in and and continued life. Why? Because you did it. You got to play the hand you dealt. It says, Lady May, very true. I don't help anyone unless the Lord say so. Absolutely. Absolutely. You you cannot help everybody because you'll create monsters. Some people don't know what good help is, and that's the truth also. That's the truth also. Now, I'm, I'm not going to be here very much longer, but I'm, I'm going to go on and talk about this situation because it's a spirit of perversion, and, and you see it in religion. You know what, and, and God, yep, God, people were mad when God used David. And I want to say this too, everybody, when they become wicked, they want to bring up David. And even when I fail, oh, you know David. Man, <laughs> leave David. In your wickedness, leave David alone. Shut up. Don't bring up David when you're wicked. Uh, I remember when John Gray up there smoking weed at the hotel with some random $2 whatever, at the hotel. First thing you you know, David. Man, when you in that mess, leave David alone. Leave David alone. You not going to use. <laughs> you not going to use David for the rest of your life. When you come out and, and you have a right perspective, you can bring David up sometimes. But most of the time, you just nasty. You just nasty, bro. You nasty. <laughs> I want to talk about the spirit of perversion that's in religion because it's not only in churches and religion. You go right here. Some of you might not have heard about it, but the Dalai Lama, Buddhist, Dalai Lama asked a little boy to give him a kiss. And then after the kiss, he stuck out his tongue and he asked the little boy to suck his tongue. Now, that's what he did on camera. What you think is happening, not on camera. And it, it, it's in religion. It's in religion. I, I'm going to give it to you. I'm, I'm going to show you some things. Second Peter 2, 12 through 14 says, But these as natural brute beasts, you nasty, stupid animal, made to be taken and destroyed. The Dalai Lama is made to be taken and destroyed. Speak evil of things that they understand not. You don't know who Christ is, and you're trying to meditate your way. Look, hold on. What what does it say right here? What does it say right here? It says, he apologized for what he said, but not for, for kissing the little boy. Disgusting. Boldly inappropriate. I'm trying to tell you. He's a brute beast, ready to be taken and destroyed. Uh, it says, speak evil of things they understand not and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. I want to tell every Buddhist, you're going to perish in your own corruption. Verse 13, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that counted pleasure to ride in the daytime. You did what you did on camera in front of the world. Riot on camera in front of the world. You thought it pleasurable to riot in the daytime for everybody to see you. But I, I'm glad that your wickedness is manifest before the world because they only see it in the Catholic Church. They only see it in the, the, the Christian churches, but I'm glad that it's being exposed that a spirit of religion is a wicked spirit. 
The spirit of religion is a wicked spirit. And I'm not talking about pure religion on the foul. I'm not talking about pure religion on the foul. Yes, Brother Porkchop. That's what he did. Let me keep going. Um, verse 13, they should receive the world, the, the reward of unrighteousness, as they count it pleasure to ride in the daytime. Spots they are in blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. Now, he was speaking primarily of the wickedness in the church. But this is a spirit of religion that I'm speaking of tonight. But let me finish at 14. Having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, can't stop being nasty, beguiling unstable souls, those though prophets that y'all like running behind out there, not the unction followers, but the most people, and heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children. Yes, Joseph did it in front of the cameras with an audience. Wicked. Totally depraved and wicked. And, and here, here's what I need you to understand. Here's what I need you to understand. The spirit of religiosity will cause you to have an externality that looks right and holy, but the inside is just jacked up. And it's messed up. And I've seen this spirit in so many forms. But what I'm glad about is the world acts like it only happens in Christian circles, but it's over in the Buddhist, it's over in the, the Hindu, it's over in yoga, the different yogis and the, and the different gurus who have abused even Gandhi. People who, who oh, Gandhi. Gandhi used to lay small children without, I'm going to have to say, without their clothing next to him because he said he wanted to know if he had enough control not to do what he really had urges to do to little children. And people praise Gandhi. Not only that, and if, if I be a little bit of political right now, uh, Gandhi didn't like the dark Indians. He didn't. He didn't like the dark Indians. The the, the Hermetic uh, descendants that are in India, he, he only liked the Japhetic descendants. And that's a whole nother study because the, the sons of Shem, Ham, and Japhet are all over the world. People, people lift up Gandhi and don't know he was corrupt. Martin Luther King used the nonviolence um, tactics that he learned from Gandhi in order to do the civil rights movement. Then there's some things with Malcolm too. I'm out, uh, Martin too. But I, I'm not getting into that. All I'm saying to you is, when you have a spirit of religion, there are other demons that come along with that. And in the church, and, and I'm almost out of here, but I, when I was growing up, because it manifests in two ways. It man, manifests in sexual debauchery, and it mes, manifests in sexual uh, um, de deprivation. That's what I'll call it, sexual deprivation. Porchop say, uh, people talk about Gandhi like he was such a holy man, just a wicked skeleton with skin. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Um, but listen, when I was growing up, we had the men who would do like this Dalai Lama. They would go in the rooms at night and do little stuff they ain't supposed to be doing and cutting out on their wives and full of adults. And I'm trying to figure out why is it that these Church people, because I grew up in holiness Pentecostalism. Y'all got to understand, this is a different thing. This is 
We wasn't, you know, Baptist or Methodist or Presbyterian. We were holiness Pentecostalism. So everything is the devil. You you were the devil with your own spouse in the bedroom. You, you up there with your own husband, your own wife, up here praying before you make love. I, I mean, these people, their minds. So you had these men who had was acting out because they didn't have the the right mindset towards human sexuality. They didn't have a right mind. Then you had those ladies in the church. And I used to wonder why these women in church were so mean. Oh, my God. When I was growing up, I'm almost out of Y'all got to help me. I grew up Pentecostal holiness. I used to try to figure out why in the world were these women so mean and I, and I come to realize that they were not romantically satisfied or erotically satisfied. They were not romantically satisfied or erotically satisfied. So at the end of the day, they would come to church with all of that sexual repression, deprivation and repression, and they would pour it out on the church, and everybody was the devil, and everybody was wicked, and everybody was nasty. And I'm trying to figure out why they were so mean, and it was because they had a wrong understanding of what God put between a husband and wife. And the truth of the matter is, if we get rid of a spirit of religion and pursue God the way God really is, we'll learn to love one another right. Lord have mercy. These men will learn to get their minds right. They, Oh, my God, it was so much in Pentecostal holiness uh, a, a repression that was something um, that was brought up in the holiness movement. They learned a term called Bell Peor. And, and when they said Bell uh, Peor was the Lord of the opening. So they felt that if you did anything outside the missionary with your spouse, then, then you was worshiping Bell Peor. It, it was like these people was put into a box and I would, I would get these little reports would come to me uh, where some of the women would say, you know, some nights, I go to bed unsatisfied. That's dumb as I'll get up. You mean to tell me the Lord has opened the way for you to have a husband, you to have a wife, and y'all go get in the room and frustrate each other? You gonna get unsatisfied? The devil is a lie. We need to come out of stupidity. The bell PR is about opening your spirits, opening your minds to things that's not of God. It ain't about you having a good time with your spouse. Stop being ignorant. <laughs> you better learn how to read Psalms of Solomon. I'm not I'm not going into it, but I tell you what, Son Solomon had some stuff make you scratch your head and say, Hey, what you talking about? When that when when the writer go down talking about some blow down south winds, blow down into my garden, and blow upon your pleasant fruit until my fruit become moist with dew. Uh, sit around and think about that for a little while. Come up with your own conclusion. I'm trying to tell you. We better stop using the word of God to mess up people's homes. Stop using the word of God to mess up people's marriages. Stop using the word of God to confuse folk, have people rep repressed and pent up. And then these perverted spirits manifest. The Catholic Church, when you made up this demon spirit, were you talking about they can't get married, but yet you got all these thousands of altar boys that you're paying money out to and hush money. The Pope has to do so many hush money payments, it's ridiculous. Because you done made up something that ain't in the word of God. The Bible says if he cannot contain, let him marry. The Bible says that let every man have his own woman, every woman have her own husband. The Bible says avoid fornication. Lord have mercy, Jesus. And you done made up something that came from hell, forbidding to marry, the Bible says in the book of uh, Colossians. 
Then you you got these Buddhists that talk about, oh, we're, we're meditative. We're, we're going towards enlightenment. And then your own Dalai Lama is doing this to little boys. What y'all doing in them temples? What are you gurus and Hindus and, and Buddhists doing? You're wicked. It is a spirit from Satan. Saints of God, we got to put this thing on right. We, we got to put this thing on right. And, and at last, I'm, I'm tired of this spirit. I'm going to go back to the, oh, the bishop. I'm tired of this spirit in church where a young man marries a young woman, pumps her full of kids, stretch her body out in a thousand directions, take 15 years of her life, and then wake up one day and say, yeah, I'm not happy. I think I walk off. I'm tired of this, brothers. Don't ruin nobody's life. Don't mess up nobody's life, brother. Ladies, don't marry a man out of desperation. Oh, I just want somebody to be with you. Uh, I was just there and you, and you were convenient. Don't do that. If you can't respect that man, if you don't see nothing in that man to respect, if you can't look at that man and say, that's a man. If you can't look at that man and say, I love the way he provides. I love the way he protects. If you can't respect who he is as a man, don't ruin your life. Don't ruin his life because he'll be trying to satisfy you and you have never respected him. And ain't nothing sadder than when a woman don't respect a man. It's one of the most pitiful things you can ever see. Brother, when your woman start laughing with your friends about you, time to pray, brother. Time to pray. Grown man with no wife. You know what's wrong with in so many ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm saying what I'm saying tonight because I want us to catch these spirits. I want us to understand. And once again, this is the unction. So I, I have discussions, but I also want to give some doctrinal things. When I say catch these spirits, what I'm talking about is Ruach, uh, Numa, life force, essence, so I know there isn't a spirit of trees and a spirit of dog and a spirit of cat and a spirit of fish and a spirit of happy and a spirit of sad and a spirit of joy and a spirit of ain't. I, I know that. What, when I use the term catch these spirits, I'm using the term as in a sense of understand the forces that you're dealing with. Some things are spirits. Some things are psychological. Some things are the works of the flesh. And it's your spirit. It's your human spirit. So I want you to understand that I don't think everything is a spirit. Everything is a bird. Everything is. A, I, I'm not a crazy person. I use the term as a general term, as in we're dealing with a lot of forces and mentalities and mindsets. Amen. And we need to be able to deal with all of these things till we're built up into a perfect church. And as far as my concern, I want to tell you, we need to get back to Bible. We can't make up our own qualifications of what a bishop is, what a deacon is, what an elder is, what an apostle is, what a prophet is. We cannot make up our own qualifications. We have to get back to Scripture. And if we stand on the word of God, saints, we're going to be all right. We got to get back to the Scripture, though. We got to depend on the word of God and the spirit of God to edify the people of God. That's the unction. The unction, as I always show you, is the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit. Charisma, 
uh, out of Creole to anointing or anointing, referring to the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit, guiding the receptive believer into the fullness of God's preferred will. We got to live by that unction. And uh, I'm going to get into some deeper things. I'm going to teach on some different topics uh, coming up in the future. And uh, it's all for edification. There are things that we will agree on. There are things that we will disagree on. But at the end of the day, we're kingdom. We're brothers and sisters. Iron sharpens iron. And we want to make sure that we're doing what we have to do to keep each other safe. Because I want to see you in that city. I want you to make it to heaven. Praise the Lord. Mike Todd, <laughs> he did say that, uh, Prophetess Quinesha. He said, um, I don't know what a pastor is. And that, he did say that. It's ridiculous. Lord, don't get me started up for another 20 minutes. Once again, <laughs> once again thank you so much for being here on The Unction. Uh, we are running independently. I am a working pastor. If you would like to support this platform, we ask you to go to um, uh, Cash App, Dollar Sign, the unction, be a giver, support of this platform. Thank God for all of our partners. Once again, we are keeping track of things because once we have our conference and we're able to push things to the next level, you are the ones who help to push this forward. Um, thank you so much. You you are so meaningful to what we do. And um, we pray that the Lord will continue to bless you, that God will continue to grow this platform and that your voices will be heard on a national scale uh, and on a national level. This, this is the platform I've done many times. Uh, I've stood before a national platform, and I'm, I'm looking to raise others up. And when I do it, I want to do it right. I want to do it correctly. And I also don't want to break my pockets in half. Praise God. So uh, God bless you. God keep you. Heaven smile upon you. We will be here next Monday, 7 o'clock Eastern time. We will be here to do the unction. We're, we're uh, very blessed. Like I said, home is taken care of, and we're getting back at it. God bless you.